And so when you track it, you can see, okay, scheduling on social, scheduling emails, it's not that time consuming, but if you're thinking about where you want your business to be, when you're at capacity, when you are maxed out, when you're focusing on the money makers, you're not going to be scheduling your email. Hello and welcome to the Simple and Smart SEO Show, where we provide tips and advice to improve your website's search engine ranking. I am Brittany Herzberg, SEO copywriter for holistic health and wellness pros who want to show up as the answer to a Googled question. And I'm Crystal Waddell, an e-commerce seller and content creator. I help business owners communicate the value of their products and services through content so you can make more sales and grow your business. We are business besties who love learning and sharing what we've learned. So what are we waiting for? Let's jump in. All right. So we have Emily Reagan here. VA extraordinaire, and we don't really know what to call you because you don't know what to call you, right? <laughs> I struggle with this. I like to say digital marketing implementer because I do a bunch mm-hmm. of things in this space and I can change it at any point. <laughs> I love it. And you can just be like, we're going over here. We're going to do this. So one thing we love to ask, I, I personally geek out asking all of our guests is like, how do you define SEO or like, what do you think of when someone says SEO? Oh, well, you, you ladies say it best here on the show, but it's how you get, how your website comes up when people search for you are your problems are their problems or whatever. So that's what I say. Like, how do you get, how do you get Google to pick your site and your page and your blog? That's amazing. I I like that that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to be, I guess I'm kind of like steering this at first, at least we're, I'm curious just like I've never had a VA and everything that you ever talk about with like having that support system, whatever kind of that looks like, how can they help us as business owners implement an SEO strategy? Okay. So real quick, before you jump into that, I just want to tell you, I'm also very curious if you could touch on just really fast, like maybe like your top one or two mistakes that business owners make with VAs, because I know we're here to talk about SEO, but the only time I had a VA, it was an epic fail. Like she reached out to me and said, Hey, I'd like to be your VA. And I'm like, dude, I don't have any work for you. And also I don't know what I would give you, even if I did have work for you, because it's like all in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I hired her anyway. And so then I'm like trying to find stuff for her to do. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. So yeah, yeah I okay. just wondered if you could talk about that too, just a little bit. Okay. So what do you want me to answer first? <laughs> Take your pick. I'm like, this is how Okay. How, how about how can... you? How about you do mine first? And that yeah. way we can roll back into SEO. Okay. Is that cool? Okay. So a lot of business owners struggle with hiring a VA and they always ask me, what do I give them? What do they do? And it's a confusing word because it's such a vague job title that doesn't really describe what they do. So the first thing, know this about me is I stand anti-VA and I stand for using the job that they do. So admin assistant, executive assistant, marketing assistant, maybe they are specialized in a certain area and managing that from podcast to Pinterest to YouTube, right? So blogging. So I teach in my course being a digital marketing assistant. So being very well-rounded, which is why you have me on the show to talk about SEO. But I get a lot of people here who don't know who to hire. And the first thing I say is track your time. And I hate this. I hate this. I'm a big black kettle. But if you track your time, you will see what's sucking up your time. And for a lot of us, 
we are very capable of doing it on our own and we find ourselves doing it, but there are little tasks that we can start getting that ball going to be able to up-level somebody within our team. And so when you track it, you can see, okay, scheduling on social, scheduling emails, it's not that time consuming, but if you're thinking about where you want your business to be when you're at capacity, when you are maxed out, when you're focusing on the money makers, you're not gonna be scheduling your email. Like you want to be able to say, hey, send it to this audience, send this email, go, I'm out. And same with social. I I did this video, now go, go post it. And so that's kind of how I like to say, like, think about those tasks that you would offload the second you get really busy. And the tasks that you hate doing that are not getting done. For a lot of people um, in my world, my background is PR, they hate pitching podcasts. It's not that they hate it, it just gets at the bottom of the stack. So if it's something that's not getting done, that's been on your dream list forever, like get some help to do that. Like you don't necessarily need like a pro podcast pitcher to do that. Someone on your team can. So I think that's a good, a good start. And then getting organized to be able to bring that person on, just recording how you do it. A Loom video. There's now some new apps like Tango, which will screenshot. There's another one, but they'll screenshot as you do the task and almost make the SOP for you. And then you can just say, here, this is how I do it. Like when I publish a podcast, I have someone on my team who does the feature image, does the, you know, Yoast plugin for me, copies and pastes the show notes. And like, there's a certain way we do that every week. And so that saves me a good hour and a half every week. Right. And I can go focus on something that will truly move my business. And here's the thing, 80-20 rule. We need to offload 80% of the tasks and delegate that and focus on the 20% that actually gets us results in our business. So a lot of times that's visibility, that's like your core services, anything that makes you money that only you can do. 80%, the other stuff, hand it off, get some help. So hopefully that helps like gain that clarity around who to hire and how to get them started. Yeah. And I actually personally really like the idea of having the loom where you're recording what you're doing instead of I was doing this last week with one of the podcast things. And I'm like, I probably spent like 60 to 90 minutes just drafting the workflow, which is helpful and it's good. And like, I've always felt like I, like Crystal said, everything is in my head. So I can't go to somebody and like, let's sit down for a week and I'll tell you everything I do. So having those different ways to actually piece those things together to me is really intriguing because I'm always about like, how can you, even with like gathering client testimonials, it's like, how can you make this easy for that other person or, and make it easy for yourself? You can record things, you can get screenshots, you can, you know, just to make a, a neighboring example of that. But this is, oh, it's so good. Well, and communication is really the key. I talk to a lot of business owner friends who are like, I don't know what to give my VM. Like, ask him or her. (laughs) Ask and talk. Because if they're a go-getter, they have things they want to learn and do and start taking over. But that communication fail is what probably blocks the most people. And being clear with expectations, what you need, when you prioritizing it, because I think we've all worked with clients who are like totally shiny object syndrome. None of us want to be like that too. Mm -hmm. So just asking and figuring out what is that thing they want to learn and how much time do they have? And most of our VAs, like what I like to do is give them a short-term project. Like this is what you do daily, weekly. And then here's a long-term project. And you work on this when you have like extra time, like this is a dream list. We'll be realistic. This is a quarter rock to get done, but it doesn't need to be done by Friday. And then that way they that. can kind of always be like hustling for you. That's so smart. So does SEO go into that long-term list? I, well, kind of, because sometimes it doesn't feel like a burning fire. 
right? Mm-hmm. But I, I have yeah. steps to make sure Good. it's done right the first time. So I don't want to go back and fix it. So I think that might be a hybrid now that you say that. I have a, a new lady on my team and I just gave her, for some reason, my site map got messed up in Google Search Console and I just had some podcasts that weren't indexed and I'm like, here's the list, go. And that's what she was doing. And I'm like, I don't need it done by Friday, but like, let's get it done. And so I have somebody kind of going over some of my blogs and just making sure my UTM links are right and the click-through links are right. And that's, again, long-term. I also want to let you know that my free three-day challenge is back. So if you want to join the Supercharge Your SEO three-day challenge, it is June 4th, 5th, and 6th. And you can register for free at crystalwidell.com forward slash supercharge. So hope to see you inside the challenge. I love that. I was going to ask you kind of how you have prioritized the SEO strategy, but you just gave some really good examples. I did. I jumped right into it. No, I love that. <laughs> Perfect. Jeez, Emily, how dare you? <laughs> Read my mind. And I just, I want to clarify something real quick because um, we were, I was just speaking with this, um, about this with someone this week and um, Google Search Console and your indexing. And I think we talked about it a little bit before in one of the previous episodes, but you know, you can go into Google Console and see which pages are being indexed or which pages are not being indexed. And I think what Emily's speaking about here is that, you know, some important pages that she wanted Google to crawl and be found, you know, and shown on the internet to people who are searching for that information were not being shown. So that is an interesting task. And I'm, you know, I've never really thought about that way, but that's a smart task to hand off to a VA because it's so measurable because it's like, okay, here, you know, make sure that, you know, resubmit these to Google search console. And then I can see that they are now indexed. And that is, to me, the definition of a perfect SEO task to hand off to a VA because you can see that it's been done. Plus, mm-hmm. you can only do, what, like 15 a day or something, right? You're like, you're limited in the quantity. So, like, give Ooh. them a chunk of time and then they can just own it. Because I don't have time to keep opening up these tabs and circling back. Like, I want someone just to handle it, report back to me when it's done. And so that was on her to space it out. And you can't wait till the last minute and Google, you know, index like a hundred pages. It just doesn't work. So yeah. Do you feel like most VAs actually have a good understanding of SEO stuff? Or do you feel like you really need to look for, like, I know you even said the term VA isn't your favorite. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like someone needs to have like special education? I got to tell you my story about why I even started my course. So I was working on a seven figure business owners team. I was there for seven years and I was doing her blog and a lot of her content. We kind of struggled with what my title was, but we kind of said like creative director, marketing director. And one of the first things I needed to offload was the blog. We were very religious about like blogging every week. Uh, It was a huge traffic builder. We were doing Pinterest and all of the things. And we hired somebody who looked like they had their act together. And when she's going to do the first blog, she's like, what's SEO again? And I just thought, and I wasn't in charge of the hiring, but I was like, oh dear Lord, like you look like on your social media queen. And I've said this to her face and she knows who she is. And so I had to teach her, well, this is what I do for every blog, blah, 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 blah. And as I did this, like this light bulb clicked with me and I'm like, Emily, I am giving away what took 10 years for me to piece together. Yeah. And SEO is the starting place for all of your content. 
right? Amen. Yes. Yes. So I put that in my course to teach my digital marketing assistants because Mm -hmm. I was so upset with this like term VA and what it even meant. Like most people take a VA course and they just learn how to set up their business and get a contract and an onboarding process, but like no one's teaching how to do the work. So that's where I stepped in and got my idea. And I feel like, SEO. Yeah. And I feel like that's really interesting. I feel like that is your program is really holistic. It, it is very much like we may be able to get into this, but it's like, it just teaches VAs like everything. It's like, here's yeah. the playbook. Here's how you set up your business. Here's the skill set. But yeah, yeah, Crystal, I see your hand. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Brittany. Um, <laughs> no, what I wanted to say is I had to jump in on this rant just a little bit because I feel like the people who teach about how to grow your online business leave out SEO and it starts rather than starting with the website and starting with an infrastructure for your own business on your own website, it starts on social media, you know, and what I think it was Laura Jawad that was on here and she said, you know, stop creating disposable content. Yeah. And that really stuck with me because I was like, oh my gosh, like how many of us, you know, when we first searched how to, you know, market my online business or grow my business online, you know, all of these social media people pop up saying, oh, do this on Instagram and do this on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nobody's saying build your SEO, build your foundation, you know, yeah. and I, I, it's frustrating. So as you said that, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. That is that is the mission here is to empower mm-hmm. people with this knowledge. So and to start wherever gotten, you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've gotten so much work when I was a budding new VA from clients who had paid for this beautiful website. Got mm-hmm. it. A didn't know how to access it. And then I would go in there and be like, there's a no meta descriptions anywhere. And I like, what did you just pay for? Like, this should even be part of that service. And so it was shocking. It was shocking to me. So when I first got the idea for my business and kind of stepping out into the limelight, it was 2018. I had a glass of wine, created my website real fast, didn't even care about my branding colors or anything. First thing I started doing was blogging. I had no audience, no email list. And now, I mean, it is like three, four years later, I am reaping the reward. Like mm-hmm. my uh, organic search traffic is 55%. I'm Ooh. getting, I am getting like 5,000 a month on my you little, go, little girl. website. Like I'm competing with the big VA bosses out there. Those big coaches we all know. And mm-hmm. it is fascinating because I just but was like, I was going to get this little snowball going. And it's just <laughs> like going bigger and bigger and it's amazing. And I love it. But that's like that story drives home the point that the best for I always say that like the BFF of SEO is time yeah period Mm -hmm. like it you have to have the time you have to have the intention and you have to give it time to actually work for you and you kind of have to keep feeding the machine you have to keep doing the content pieces but you can even like it doesn't have to be this big scary overwhelming thing you can take like little pieces you could write a really big post and then pull out some things for future blog posts yeah (laughs) <laughs> Go crystal. <laughs> okay, so I have to back up to a term that Emily used just a minute ago because um, we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, and I would love to get a breakdown yeah. of this word or this acronym or this this thing. Um, and you mentioned UTM codes; those things sound so scary. And I once created <laughs> some 
but I don't remember how I did it. So I was just wondering if you could tell us what they are, why they're important and, and kind of how you yeah. use them in your business. Just like the words SEO, I think UTM is even scarier and which is why all those like online gurus don't talk about it. But yeah, UTM links are just tracking, tracking links. There's a little bit of code behind them and they basically tell you if, is your marketing campaign effective? So there are certain links you build and you can use the Google link. You can use the Google link builder to create them. And I use those for all my outside sources. So if somebody, sometimes I'm lazy, like <laughs> I don't always do it for Pinterest, but you know, my YouTube video, it has a UTM link. So I can track the sale back to that specific piece of content. And when you have an internal link, if you don't need to do the whole code, I had my friend Ange Quinn like teaching me a lot of this because I knew enough to be dangerous and I teach my mm-hmm. my DMAs enough to be dangerous with SEO, but these like finer points, like kind of like refine over time. But I just do this internal link and what it is, is a question mark REF equals and then whatever that term is. So if I have a blog that's linking to another internal page or sales page or something, I just do that. So I just posted a... SEO written blog called six types of virtual assistants. Hmm. So inside I linked to my waitlist. So that, that code says types blog. And so now I can see who landed on the waitlist from that blog. You can get so granular and nerdy and it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'm geeking out I love it. in my head. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And the UTM codes that I created were for Pinterest. It was for a Pinterest client because I was working on different ways that I could track and show data and that type of stuff. But it was really grueling because I was like doing it as I was learning how to do it yeah. and obviously forgot what I learned, but I did do it, you know, yeah. but I didn't realize that Google had a free tool. So that's really helpful. I know. Um, Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I'll give you the link for it. But, you know, Google mm-hmm. Webmaster Tools. I mean, they're always changing the names. Do they even call it that anymore? I don't Who think knows. they do. Next ones um, are going to be different. But that's one of those things that you can do free. Like for years, a lot of people don't even know about Google Search Console, you know, so um, it's just one of those tools. I'll give you the link to do it. You can build your own. And the reason you want to do it on your own rather than Bitly, I'm not 100% sure, but you can, it's really about the nomenclature. Like you have to be specific because you don't want all of your terms to be the same word. You have to use dashes. You have to use lowercase but it lets you filter things out. So I can filter out for social. I can filter out for like speaking events. I can filter out like this certain email and it's all kind of got a rhythm. And I can totally put you in touch with my friend, um, Ange, if you want to go deeper into this, because she'll oh, build yeah. the Google data studio, the, the uh, <gasps> dashboards. Like, <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I would love that. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hook us up. Yeah. Google Data Studio is a whole nother thing that we haven't went into, you know, and I played, yeah, I played around with it on a blog. And then when GA4 came out, there was a really great e-commerce training for Shopify and connecting um, GA4 because Shopify doesn't actually have a place to put in a GA4 code. Like the universal analytics code, there's a place for it, but Shopify, we're like waiting, you know, it's like, Hey, so they don't build it. What's that? So they have like, there's no place to put it. So are you waiting for them to build it to like give you a place to put it? Oh, girl, please. No, I researched how to do it and then put the code in, but there is no just like magic spot to put it, which, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you know how you remember how I was so surprised at Squarespace. 
Yeah, I was that, like, that oh makes my gosh, sense now with why you were flipping out. I was like, oh, I mean, it's just right here. <laughs> oh yeah, because I had to do some research. I had to copy code. I'm like, you know, I copied my theme, so I wouldn't just like jack everything up. But <laughs> still, you know, it's like I've done a lot of changes to my Shopify store even since I added that GA4 code. So if I had to revert or something back to the pre-GA4, I'm going to lose all the changes that I had up until now. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you know. We have July, right? July 2023. So maybe mm -hmm. they'll fix it. Yeah. Cross your fingers. If, that, the only problem is that if we wait until that time, we won't have previous year data. I won't true. have access to previous year data. So, um, and this this year was so exciting because it was the first year that I could look in our Google analytics and see comparison and like do like comparative analytics to last year. And oh, it's like, it. yeah. And it was like so reassuring because, you know, in the summertime, things often slow down for a lot of businesses and we're no exception, but we usually go on vacation in July. So this year we were home in July and I'm sitting there with my thumbs like, oh my gosh, I'm just like <laughs> watching the analytics board, like somebody buy something, you know? But then as, as I look at the statistics, our, our growth year over year was still up. It was just, this is the same as last year. This is a slower time, but you know, all is fine in, in finances, but it was just like, oh my gosh, but it was great to have those, those analytics to compare it to just to kind of reassure. Oh my gosh. I have know. to tell you how my last launch went. Cause I had it all set up so I could track social and I'm having really a lot of fun on social right now. My, you know, I've you done a lot are. of production and I'm, I'm having fun, but guess how many sales it brought me my last launch? Zero, yeah, zero, zero, yeah. zero. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so what does this tell me? I don't need to waste my time, but I still like, I'm loving it and I'm letting yeah. that go. And That's I know totally. it's like a lateral thing for me. Like it's peer networking, but what mm -hmm. made most sales was my case study email. So yeah. what does that tell me now I've, I'm adding two more case studies and Smart. I know Brittany is going to like nerd out on that. I'm like, I know I'm resisting what? jumping what? up that and down right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, mean that's, that's yeah. So and that's exactly how I feel with, with any of my social, especially Instagram. I love doing the reels. I've seen your reels. They're so cute. They're so perfect. And I think that there's still a place for it because I think people do want to go check you out over there and see what you have to say. And I think it's becoming less of like, what can I learn from you? And more about like, who are you? How do you actually help people? What does that look like? Do you value the same things that I value? And even just like making sure that you're going over there and having fun. It's so huge because people are going to pick up on that, whether you're like, you know, having the attitude of, okay, I guess I have to do this. Fine. Here you go. Here's the thing. Or I'm really enjoying this. This is so much fun. You know, here's this thing that I did. And I think that that speaks volumes, but I also agree that it doesn't necessarily have to be something that we like really focus on putting our energy behind. A hundred percent. And when I'm maxed out, what do I need to stop doing? <clears throat> what do I need to stop doing? TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> mm. but oh, so, I, I just consume them at that point. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait to post today's reel. It's really funny. Will you please go check it out? Heck yeah. I, I think yours show up in my feed. Okay, good. Like all the it's time. It's like my friends. And then I always lose a couple followers. So I'm like, darn, you know, robotics. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> You're just left with the good ones then. So so when you say you're getting like goose egg from social and that includes TikTok and Pinterest and YouTube, are you lumping those things in with 
altogether? Yeah. Okay. Let me tell you, let me tell you what's working because I'm just having fun with this conversation. So yeah, I make, the, <laughs> I make the real, I make the real, but why does it pay off? It doesn't necessarily pay off on Instagram, but I use it on TikTok. It goes to Pinterest. It goes to YouTube. What actually gets, what is getting traction right now? YouTube, YouTube. shorts. What's searchable? YouTube. Pinterest, I'm trying to rev it up again. I did it for years for clients. I think it's hard. I kind of ha- might have my own limiting belief with my like businessy, you know, topic. It's not as fun as like the creative clients I've worked with, but mm-hmm. at least it's going. And we all know what shows up in Google search, Pinterest and YouTube. And yeah, yeah. I'm talking about idea pins, like just taking the, mm-hmm. the ones where I'm teaching something and really like proving my, you know, authority and credibility. I'm trying to use those sometimes a silly one, but I'm trying to be careful with the music that can be a little mm-hmm. bit of an issue. Yeah. 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 So it's, I might be creating it for Instagram, but like it's going everywhere and I can reach yes. people who watch them and turn them into ads. So it's like this huge circle. That's it's where fun. my brain breaks. Cause I have no, we, we talked about this on the episode with Ashley, but like, I have zero experience with ads. And so I'm just like, okay, this is interesting. Well, let me tell you something. I was doing a big client's ad account in the spring and the client was like, oh, they were copywriters. So they're overwriting everything. And I'm like, just <laughs> let me do my thing guys. Just let me do my thing. Guess what our best ad was. You're going to, you already know. It was a case study. Uh. <laughs> So like maybe you should start to like this is becoming like a full service for you like you add in those emails, no, yeah. add in those ads but that's what people were reading they wanted to read how she went from A to B yes exactly and that's I think mm-hmm. I must have I literally came up with the idea for the case study stories because I woke up from a dream and I was like oh that's what I need to do and I, I messaged Brenna right after Brenna McGowan and I was like so I had this thought and I was like uh boxering her I was like I had this thought what do you think and she's like oh my gosh it sounds brilliant I haven't heard of anybody else doing it so now I've totally leaned into it and I'm seeing it pop up everywhere else which which doesn't give me the whole um scarcity mindset it's like cool like this is proving that the idea validation yeah yeah Yeah. so thank you you're just validating my life all over the place today fine Okay. So just a quick follow-up on the retargeting. So do you retarget on every platform or do you have like a preferred platform of retargeting? I'm doing it more with Instagram and Facebook. I would love to learn YouTube ads. I am doing some Pinterest retargeting because you can add your customer list over there too, but I'm just trying to get Pinterest going. I still have two big Pinterest clients I work with and it's like cobbler's kids. Like I don't, want to go do it for myself I should probably hire that out girls <laughs> yeah if you find someone let us know <laughs> I have yes. people in my world but you know mm-hmm. I'm like big black kettle over here <laughs> yeah I was like yeah alone. there's got to be a Pinterest assistant among the unicorns you know yeah so. yeah I have a few I have a few <laughs> I can just see that that branding would be perfect like the unicorn with like the red and white <laughs> okay I'm done <laughs> thanks for joining us today If you like this info, subscribe before you go so you never miss out on something related to SEO. (laughs) See you next time.